0: All right, good evening, buddy. My name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer, coming to you from KFMB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle, and good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. If you download the app for 760 KFMB or tune in radio, you can hear the show as it airs on any device. And, of course, all these podcasts are commercial-free on iymoney.com. Now time to introduce the main man of the hour. He's a CPA extraordinaire, an accomplished marathon runner, a best-selling author, a philanthropist, and a family office expert advising several high-net-worth families. His name is Richard so, Richard, good evening. How are you tonight?
2: I am doing great, Joe. I'm just finishing reading a great book. I was a couple chapters short.
0: Yeah, that's all well, okay. we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that yeah. in, in a moment, though. So, uh, great show last week with Paul Hines, and I do hope the markets have, uh, have uh, resurrected themselves in... I think we'll be okay in the long run. You know, right, in the long run, everything's <laughs> going to be
2: fine. The, the country's not going to crash and yeah.
0: burn. And Well, when we get into this book with our guest tonight, you're going to see uh, we have come a long way, baby, as the Virginia Slims people used to say. Uh, because, uh, boy, uh, talk about polarity. I mean, there was a lot more violence and things going on, bootlegging and whatnot back in the day, early days in the of the last century. So, uh, without further delay, Richard and Motorcy didn't say adieu. I don't adieu? like. I don't like when they say without further ado. It's without further delay. Delay, okay. and maybe I'll get the uh, the four one one on that from our guest. Yeah. he is a linguist, but he is an author, a columnist, a writer extraordinaire. He's a resident of Carlsbad. He's a popular columnist who who uh, writes for the U T, or did write for the U T, and uh, you're going to love the stories in his book. He's a Pulitzer Prize nominee. He's worked for many Metro newspapers as a top editor. He's also a novelist. His name is Fred Dickey. Fred, welcome to our show. Thank you. Good to see you. Now, we've have, we have 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 we about 21 Press Club Awards in our short five Not years. Not about, exactly. Uh, <laughs> 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 well, some are for the, the two-hour show, too, but uh, be that as it may. But Fred, you've got some Press Club Awards over the years, haven't you?
1: Yeah, but, you know, I, that bothers me a bit to, to see journalists Saying I'm, a, I'm a, an award winner. Well, it mean, means they got a certificate from the PTA. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that's no, that no, don't 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 underestimate. Now, did you get any you did get some press club awards though, right? Over the years, not from the PTA, no, no, from the <laughs> oh, press <yes>. club, <laughs> quite a few. Quite now, don't few. downplay it, Fred, because uh, listen, these awards are judged in a different city every year. You knew that, right? And right. so, it's it's not yeah. the PTA, these are other media professionals. And uh, I like my plaques, Fred, and they're displayed proudly. So, I don't know yeah. what you do with I, yours. I, in fact, I, I, I don't stopped, know where mine are. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, I stopped entering those contests, okay, to, to let the, the younger journalists. There's some are. of them. But I mean even to get, more of
0: them. but even to get second and third just to get recognized by your peers whether it's in Buffalo, New York, Chicago, wherever, it's I think it's a nice distinction. So it, be that as it may, uh, Fred, your book is called Stories with Faces: The Tightrope Lives of Next Door People. Is this a compilation of uh, all your columns uh, uh,
1: of columns and also articles I've done for national magazines?
0: Yeah, I saw the Chicago Tribune magazine in there. Uh, you did an article about the bootlegger in, in, in there. But, gosh, so many great stories. I know we uh, – well, let's get about your background. we got to back
2: up, Joe, because I want to know –
0: His background. About
1: Fred's background and yeah. when he started writing and why it interested. him.
0: Yeah, born and raised, schooled, et cetera, and how you got into Yeah, this. I was
1: born in the uh, Chicago area. Okay. Uh, A lot and, of guests were. hmm Wow. Yeah. Okay. A lot of people out here from yeah. Chicago mm-hmm. uh, went to uh, Northern Illinois University – and, uh in Carbondale, right? No, that's Southern. Oh, Southern, okay. In DeKalb, DeKalb. the town I, I grew up in. Okay. Which is why and, you did that great
0: article in the book we'll get to about the bootlegger.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, got a master's degree from Norwich University.
0: Okay. and, and in, uh, then, in, in what? In writing, journalism? or uh, Yeah, writing. Okay. Anyway, you want to get right on top of that mic, Fred. So um, so there we have it, Richard. And then when, when was your first newspaper job or writing job? your first well, paid your first paid gig
1: uh, I gar- uh when i graduated from college i i had some kids and mm-hmm. n- no money very little money and i couldn't afford to start as a reporter so i started my own newspaper really where was that uh, in a town on the illinois river called marseilles huh marseille in france Marseilles. marseilles in illinois wow just like and cairo in cairo <laughs> i started out I, I started out with one part-time girl uh-huh uh, and myself and uh didn't have the foggiest idea of what i was doing uh but i sold it five years later had 13 employees wow and
0: so was that was that was that a weekly paper or yes wow in a
1: printing business
0: those are those tend to do pretty well. Even out here, I'm, I'm very impressed with the La Jolla Light and some of these and beach and well, Bay the community impressive. papers. Are yeah, really cool. Yeah, yeah. these weeklies because they yeah. tend to stay in the home for at least a week, and uh, they're good. You know, they tell you the police reports and and all these kinds of things that you you need to know in your neighborhood. Well, so. I
1: found myself spending more time on the printing business, mm-hmm. uh, and I decided you know I don't like to get ink on my hands and on my clothes, <laughs> so it's time to sell. I came to California.
0: Gotcha. What year was that?
1: 69. 69. You came here to San Diego or somewhere else in the state? Uh,
0: no, in Livermore.
2: Oh, Livermore.
1: yeah? Northern
0: California, Bay Area. Yeah, Bay Area. Did you, did you get into the press or media there then? Or? Yeah,
1: I, I became editor of the uh, paper there.
0: Which was? Herald and News. Uh, ah, yeah. gotcha. And that was a daily? Uh, yes. Gotcha. Livermore. Where is that? Is that up near San Fran or? Uh,
1: about 30 miles east of. Uh, uh, east Bay. Uh, San yeah. Francisco. It's called East Bay.
0: A lot of science going on up there, right? Livermore. There
1: are more PhDs in Livermore than in Berkeley. <laughs> really? Uh, at least there were. I'm sure it's still Wow. How about that?
0: Livermore, I just remember Livermore Laboratories, right? Livermore Labs, right? Isn't that a lab? Right. Uh, a lab? I just remember that. The I Rad Lab. Don't, I don't know what H. they yeah. do. What do they do anyway? Is it, is it, is it nuclear? They won't or? tell you. <laughs> 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 it's kind of like DARPA. They won't tell you, honest they to God? They won't tell you. Whoa. Maybe, uh, maybe we don't want to know. that. <laughs>
1: So then after 2 years I went to the San Jose Mercury News and okay. uh, as a reporter then uh, became Sunday editor a few months later. Gotcha. How how long were you in San Jose? Uh 8 years. Okay.
0: Is that where the one reporter was doing some uh, he, he wound up uh, deceased. He was it was, it was did we have the right paper. He was doing some digging on some government stuff or whatever and and um anyway, he wound up deceased uh um, Gary Berg, does that name sound familiar? or uh, no, that was after
1: me. Most oh. of the reporters I know who were deceased uh, had cirrhosis of the liver.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're absolutely right, Fred. You know, uh, I remember years ago SeaWorld used to have their annual media day. They, you know, they would showcase all the new acts or whatever. And the way they would get the press there, Richard, is open bar. Open bar, yeah. <laughs> you if you got just, open bar; yeah. they all show up. You would see the reporters stampeding toward the bars there by Sh- next to Shamu over there, and and uh, those like were... Dunkin'
1: Donuts for cops.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we, we had a, a. The characters are gone out of the newspaper business, out of journalism generally, and that's that's a shame. A friend of mine, another editor, said journalism took a downward turn when it stopped being a trade and became a profession.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It got to well there's a lot of consolidation. Although, you know, we had this we had a little email exchange, you know. There were the w- William Randolph Hearst days where you had just a few moguls, you know, dominating the the print media in this country and there wasn't much uh TV or there was no TV and radio back in those days, the 30s, 40s, right? And and prior uh, and then, of course, um, there were a lot of media companies in the '50s and '60s. And then, of course, um, next thing you know, the '80s roll around, and now we're consolidated down to about five major corporations that dominate uh, our, our electronic news. And uh, and as far as print goes, I don't know what this trunk thing is. I mean, <laughs> the, the union UT's changed hands how many times? It's like the symphony of, of old. You know, the symphony's doing great now, and the papers are getting. Yeah, and it's getting it. really thin, yeah.
2: that paper. It yeah. blows away in the morning, so I can't subscribe anymore. Yeah, Sir Fred, how'd you find your way down to San Diego?
1: Uh, well, uh, I went uh, from San Jose to editor of the Oakland Tribune. Okay. And uh, then to uh, executive editor of the Anchorage Times. Oh, wow, wow. up in, that in Alaska. That was uh, during the pipeline days mm-hmm. when the state was literally, well, not literally, but almost literally a wash in money. Alaska, we're talking, right? Oh, yeah.
0: Anchorage, Alaska, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And then how long, and then uh, after then you came?
1: Yeah, and I was there for uh, uh, two and a half years. I noticed my kids were getting Alaskanized. (laughs) I didn't want that. I didn't want my kids living there. Cirrhosis
0: also, what was going (laughs) on? And,
1: and, you know, I I wanted to do some serious writing, so I took a job uh, as the editor, the chief editor of the copy desk at the... At the San Diego Union in Mission Valley, w- which meant working nights. Nice yeah, what year? Was, what day- year was
0: that? What year was that?
1: That was eighty-one. Eighty-one. I was there for ten years. Wow. And uh, then I uh, I left to start a, uh, a nonprofit video company. Great.
0: Hold that thought. We're going to come back with that. We'll be back with Fred Dickey, veteran journalist, novelist, and writer, right after this thing. With veteran journalist Fred Dickey and editor, worked for a lot of newspapers, did a lot of writing, and you said uh, when you got to San Diego, you worked for the UT, and you also launched a video company of some sort. What was that about?
1: Call me a veteran journalist. Okay, I
0: mean, mean, no one can see me. Just leave it at that. Most veterans like being called veteran, but that's the nice
2: thing about this radio show. Nobody can see me and Joe.
0: Well, if you get if you get too good and too old, it becomes legendary, and then you know, then it's just uh, you know. That means you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what was the video thing all about, Fred? Well, uh, I uh,
1: in in 1991, uh, yeah, there there were massive layoffs going on. So I thought, what the world needs is a good uh, video on on uh, finding a new job. Something that mm-hmm. you know a nervous PR director can. Push across the desk to someone they just fired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and uh, I didn't know a thing about the video business, but I knew some people who were successful in it who weren't very smart. So uh, I started the company and... Um, was
0: just to actually create film or was this yeah, like it, a, right. a string of blockbusters? Yeah, I, stores, I, <laughs> know, I, I hired technical help. But gotcha, I directed gotcha.
1: and, and
0: gotcha. wrote it. Excellent. Um, and it went extremely well. Hmm. Now, is that posted on YouTube or anything these days? Have you digitized any of this stuff? Because, you know, mm. you, you, you might think no, about No, I haven't done that. You might want to think about pretty that. Pretty much
1: outdated now.
0: Well, you never know. The, the yeah. San Diego Famous Chicken did a did an economics video, and believe it or not, it still holds up, and it's pretty funny. It's good. It's good I'd stuff. have to get a costume, though. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so you started doing these columns when, Fred?
1: Well, uh, the L.A. Times... Uh, uh, Employed me as a freelancer to do cover stories for the magazine, mm. uh, which uh, you know, after a few years, of course, they abandoned the magazine. Was that
0: a Sunday right. supplement or something? Or yes. right, okay. Uh,
1: and uh, then five and a half years ago, uh, uh, my wife kept pushing me out of the house. <laughs> she said you need to see the Union Tribune about doing a column, mm-hmm. which I did, and and uh, I did that for five and a half years. Yeah.
0: So how many columns did you do? Did you ever count them up?
1: Well, I never missed a week. Uh, so In five years, two hundred fifty so. something. Wow! Wow! It's a lot of columns.
0: Yeah. So your book that was just released, and I know you had a book signing at DG Wills, and thank you by way, by the way, to Dennis uh, over DG Wills for recommending Fred to us, and because um, uh, I know you had a book signing there. But the book was released uh, pretty recently, right? I mean, uh,
1: uh, yeah, about the first of December.
0: Yeah. And as I mentioned, it's called Stories with Faces. And boy, folks, if you really want a good thumbnail sketch of some social history about San Diego and our region, I mean, this is a must-have. It'd be a great, a great gift for birthday, Christmas, or holidays, or whatever. Yeah, if um,
1: people. Uh... Call in and mention this show; they get ten percent off. Really, very Uh, cool. Operators are standing by. Very cool. (laughs) Cool.
0: Now it's available on Amazon. I take it. Yes, Uh, on Amazon. So, so stories with faces, Fred Dickey, folks, and uh, your column was called "The Way We Are." And um, when did that first launch?
1: Um,
0: About five five years, May five years ago. Okay, gotcha. So, like, do the math twenty twelve sometime. So all these stories are very recent, and and, and some are older, but they're all interesting. The one that I remember, Dalla Kiki, I remember Andy Williams... Dale Kiki, Richard, did you know this guy sat in jail for two and a half years, and this guy was innocent? I mean, that is just disgusting. Well, it got, there's it got a lot the, of stories like that. They got the They got the DA fired anyway, or voted out, but yeah, uh, at the time. But and, yeah. and he did sue for two million bucks. I'm sure he got some a chunk of change. Yeah, but if you
1: get on the wrong side of the system, yeah, uh, you're in deep trouble. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, so, I guess that's yeah. and that goes for any country, so, any place.
1: How, how did you find your stories? Did they come to you, or
2: did you have to go go look?
1: Uh, or both? All of the above. Okay. Uh, I've always had a knack for seeing a story in people. Mm-hmm. Uh, every, my, the motto of my column was every life an adventure. Yeah, and that, mm-hmm. that is true. Yeah. That is true. I, I mean, either of you could tell me things that uh, I'd find a story of. Well, in the case of this show,
2: it's a misadventure. Yeah. But
1: whatever. Right. And, of course, yeah. there are things you wouldn't tell me. I'd have to. Yeah,
0: Now, one of the early stories now, there was a former radio host at this station who made his whole career on the whole uh, Claudia Van Damme, uh, the murder of that young uh, four-year-old gal, I guess. Uh, She was four, and David Westerfield. And it's your second story in here. Now, how did you track down this detective, this woman detective, who she knew it was him because the garden hose was not wrapped up at his house, and she just
1: knew it was him, right? I talked to her on the phone once. But, I mean, who put you on to her? I, just, I ran, just encountered. Talking, it. you keep talking. Okay, and uh, that was about three or four years ago. But, yeah. a really interesting person. Yeah, I mean, she's a hoot.
0: Yeah, she's just a lovely. We should get, I wonder if we should. Mo Parga. Yeah. Maureen Parga. We should get her on because she. Oh, uh,
1: she would tell you stories that. I uh,
0: mean, she's been, she was at 32 years. She was a street cop, horse patrol, homicide, everything. So was she, uh, how long was she doing, um, uh, uh, I guess, homicide uh, uh, detective
1: work? Uh, You know, I don't, I don't know. know. She's always in trouble with the department. Well, I love that. She's (laughs) always pushing this or that idea that's not very popular. Well, she should be chief of police now. (laughs) Things would not be the same. But uh, that was amazing
0: that she she went and inspected there, checked it out, she saw that guy's house and she just knew
1: but the fact that his garden hose was was not rolled up then. But was, the subtext is that he was, she was well enough respected by the other cops that they listened to her. Yeah. I mean if someone, you know, shows up and says the way Someone's garden hose was laying on on the the lawn. Tells me he's a killer. Yeah, they, you know, get out of
0: here. Yeah, she was. Uh, she was. Must be, She was a Columbo fan, obviously. <laughs> so am I. I. Still watch that show, <laughs> Peter Falk. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's a great show. But um, then when Westerfield shows up, he starts hitting on her. Yep. Right. To try to put her off the trail, and that even made her more suspicious, I guess. So, but well, that's a great story there. And then, um, uh, when i um the toughest one to read was
2: Rachel Morrison because I knew her because I'm a long distance runner too.
0: Oh, really? The gal got hit by the drunk, huh? yeah, yeah. And that, I run down there all the time. Wow. Eat whoa, at Jakes whoa, whoa. and that was a sad, sad like a story.
2: Sad, sad story. But I, I think the, that fellow who hit her, stalked her. He might be um, up for parole even. I think he this is. year. I think it might he be is. this year.
0: Well, let's hope he My turns. My goodness, he was, it was, And It was the day his, uh, the day he signed his divorce, divorce papers, papers and uh, God, sad yeah. story. But Andy Williams, I remember the kid who um, Santana High School, yeah, yeah, shot two and wounded, uh, killed two and wounded thirteen, and he was only about fifteen years 15 old. Fifteen by so, one week, yeah. Um, you went into jail and interviewed this guy, yes. for how many hours? Oh, several hours. He's really?
2: out where
1: in Blythe? Uh, where Blythe, he was in Blythe, yeah, in Blythe. Okay, and um, is, he's now at Yeah, Chowchilla, Is okay. he? In, is he just w- got married? Really? Wow! Recently. Life wow. without parole, will he ever get out? Or? No, he got 40 years. 40 years.
2: Yeah, he's got a chance at parole because he'll be in his 50s or 60s, yeah. whatever that math is. Like Which
1: they- I, I think something's wrong there because when he was in juvenile hall, uh, he was assigned a uh, public defender. Uh-huh. And uh, just barely 15. Uh, and he said to the public defender that he wanted to plead guilty because he didn't want the families to have to go through a trial. Mm-hmm. And, and the public defender accepted that. <laughs> God. Uh, but it, as it turned out, he had been sexually molested. Right. Uh, okay. And, and the, his molester was. Well, I've got, to quit. Yeah. got well, to let, take a let, quintile. Let's break.
0: hold that thought. We'll yeah. be back with Fred Dickey Stories with Faces right after this. Hang on. We're back with the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life. And this is the time where Richard likes to thank our sponsors.
2: Big thank you to our sponsors. Couldn't do this show without them. Well, we could. We just would not have any money. But, hey, seriously, we really appreciate their support. And it's tax season, so at the top of the list, we got a couple of great CPAs. Jason Kruger, CPA with Signature Analytics, recent guest, great show, great CFO service company, also more traditional CPAs, Polito Epic CPAs up in San Marcos financial statements, tax returns, business planning, and such. Also, our great friend, Joel Grushkin. Joel, of course, heads up cost segregation initiatives, helping real estate owners improve their cash flow. Also, our recent guest, Paul Hines. Paul is the CEO of Hearthstone Private Wealth Management and the catalyst behind SeniorSafeAndSound.org here in San Diego, helping prevent financial abuse of the elderly. Also, VFO Hub. That's V like Victor, F-O-Hub. Helping wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs to the CPA's very best clients. Elite Lifestyle Management, Michelle St. Clair, great concierge service here in San Diego. For those of you who are like me and Joe, who have no time, Elite Lifestyle Management can help you with simple things like travel arrangements all the way to more complicated things. Use your imagination, whatever it is that you need. that's hard to find and hard to get. Things that are sold out, Elite Lifestyle Management will take great care of you. Also, Happy Tax. Check out happytax.com. Yes, it is tax season. If you're tired of bringing bundles of paper to your accountant to do your tax return, how about a paperless app-based, very price-efficient Happy Tax? It's the 21st century. We don't need paper to do tax returns. Check out HappyTax.com. Also, many of our listeners, Joe, of course, skipped dinner just to listen to our show. We've added a new sponsor, Solana Beach Coffee Company. My lovely niece, Melissa, bought that recently. Solana Beach Coffee Company in the Beachwalk Center between Via de la Valle and Loma Santa Fe on Coast Highway. Stop by mention the show. Maybe she'll give you something for a discount. Maybe she won't, depending on whether or not she liked the show. Ah, oh, she loves Half all the cookie, shows. At least. Half a cookie, Half a cookie. Solana Beach Coffee Company, plus we have some sponsors who have been, been with us for a lot longer who, who can help you with your hunger pains too, right? That's Joe? right.
0: Well, the Very Good Food Foundation, headed up by Michelle Ciccarelli-Lirac. They do great foodie events throughout the year and great broadcasting and programs uh, about such. And also Lestat's Coffee Houses, the original and normal heights, University Heights, new one on University, all open 24-7 365, all with great food, great coffee, and great people watching. Packed all the time. And I know many of these sponsors have been working you with you, Richard, for many years with great success, correct?
2: Long, long time, dating back to the 1980s in some cases. I don't even remember the
0: 80s. To the last century. (laughs) Yeah, exactly,
2: to the last century.
0: Anyway, the, la- the last millennium. Yeah. So if you folks get on <laughs> iymoney.com, there's a sponsor tab across the top of the page. And, of course, uh, you can learn about any or all of our sponsors, and they can help you out immensely with your life and business uh, in many ways. Also, uh, all of our private shows are there. We're, we're at about 330 shows now, Richard. Something like that. Yeah. Six years worth. And uh, all, a lot of great VIP guests. If you get on the media kit on that same iymoney.com, there, you click on that. There's a PDF that Courtney Holst uh, created. A lot of great pictures and a great list of uh, several of our notable guests, including Irwin Jacobs, Malin Burnham, uh, Darlene Shiley, uh, you name it, uh, George Takei, Don Rickles, Dick Van Dyke, uh, Dick Enberg. What a list, uh, Fred. I think you'd be impressed.
1: Anyway, Sound, that, sounds like I'd be the poorest one in yeah, that group. No, not, not at, at all. Not at all. Not so, at all. So, so I
2: want to get back to Andy Williams because what, I, I what, grew up in Lakeside next door. Yeah, but to where do we Santana. leave
0: off? Fred was saying something right before the break that um, um, we were going to get into. Does anyone remember? Justin? Oh, the was, yeah. the Sant- yeah, But, yeah.
2: but the, my question about Andy. Andy
1: oh, well, go ahead, what, Fred. Oh, 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 to continue the thread yeah. I uh, yeah. started. Uh, Andy Pled guilty, and his lawyer took the plea even though he was was only 15. Right. Right, And and it turns out that uh, Andy had been seriously sexually molested by a fellow who is now serving, I think, life in Oklahoma for the very same thing. Mm -hmm. He was bullied. Uh, Yeah. He's basically a. His his father was a pretty feckless fellow. Uh, Absentee father, yeah. Yeah. Divorced parents. But uh, it didn't. He was much of a father, yeah. And Andy was just a little guy, uh, and I, my feeling is that that plea should not have been accepted. Uh, he, should have 15, been, he should yeah. have put up a defense, and I think there was a defense, good defense, to be had. Yeah. Not that he But, would but I mean, is forty years too long? Would twenty years have been enough? Well, I, I, I don't mean, know, do know, but he, I think. His circumstances should have given him a fair hearing. Was it? Did he get convicted of murder? I
0: forget exactly. Yes. Yeah, he killed so, two people. So, so it could right. have maybe have been manslaughter right. or something. But although he wasn't coerced and uh, or maybe involuntary manslaughter, yeah. I don't know, or second degree murder as opposed to yeah. first, like uh, Betty Broderick. You know, she got convicted of second degree, not first.
1: And now Andy is in his thirties. Uh, he's. He was just a little guy. Yeah. Now he's six foot four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, got his AA in uh, college. Became mm-hmm. a, a journeyman Psych- bricklayer. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Does he want to get into psychology? or well, Let somebody else. I think. It's interesting. A,
1: I was yeah. talking to him y- y- with a uh, glass wall between us, mm-hmm. and I said I wanted to get a picture of him, and uh, uh, the guards were very comfortable with him. They liked mm-hmm. him, uh, uh-huh. and uh, I was getting a reflection through the through the glass, mm-hmm. and one of the guards said, Andy, come on around here. <laughs> wow, they let so, him out? Sure, you know. How about uh, that? You, <laughs> you could tell by how he's treated by the guards that uh, he was liked and respected.
0: Yeah. Boy, that's, of course, everyone, the, the guards are doing time right along with the prisoners. Everyone, you know, forgets that. They're, Some of in... the guards should be doing time. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I like
2: like the guy who headed up the prison system in Arizona should be doing time. Yeah. Oh, but Trump no. pardoned him. Never mind.
0: Yeah. Um, let me ask you, though, uh, r- uh, real quickly about it. When, you, when they get, like, 50 to life, what does that mean? They, I mean, in terms of length of sentence. Richard, do you know the answer to this guy? I always see 40 to life, 50 to it life. It seems to
1: change all the time. It seems, yeah. Uh, it's
0: a question of when are you eligible for parole. I mean, it's not yeah. life in prison, obviously. No. Uh, no, it's your life. So when they say 50, it's your money in your life, Richard. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, fascinating story, and, and I think you mentioned uh, before the show that this would be a great uh, TV uh, movie oh, for indeed. TV or something. and Indeed. Yeah. Uh, God, Dalla Kiki, I remember that one. Uh, guy did two and a half years in jail. Um, sad story there.
2: Um, um, I, I was laughing really hard at the Kurt Bavakwa story because I actually oh. watched that baseball game on TV. Oh, it the, took about five hours because of all of the fights.
0: The bean brawl in Atlanta. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was something else. <laughs> I never told the story Richard but maybe I, or maybe I stopped me if I have but when I was I was at a Padre game sitting right happened to get some good seats right by the dugout and I actually slowly moved my head over the dugout to look down to see you know who was down there mm-hmm. I swear it was like a Marx Brothers movie Staring right up at me is Kurt Bavakwa, okay. and I and I just like nodded my head, and he nodded his, and then I slowly
1: went back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bavakwa's was an interesting guy. <laughs> an inter- yeah, that's for A sure. Nice guy. I, I don't think you'd ask him to chair your great books discussion. No. <laughs> we but, should get him on, though, to go over his career. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. He, he'd
0: be a lot of fun. He
2: hit a home run in the 1984 World Series. For Absolutely. The the Mighty o- Padres. The only
0: the only World Series win we ever had. One
2: game. Yeah, one and eight lifetime, the yeah, Padres' not, record in World Series yeah, play.
0: Not good. Now, of course, they ran into two buzz Yeah, swath. we got
2: robbed in New York. That was strike three that Langston threw to yeah, Tino but, Martinez. I'm but, sorry. But no,
1: Everyone gets robbed in New York. yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, look, they we went up against
0: the Detroit uh, Lions that year, not Tigers, uh, Tigers and uh, and Bears. Oh my! No, we went. Uh, they were thirty five and five starting the season. No one was going to beat them that year. And then of course the Yankees swept us four four straight. But uh, that, and and of course Tony, uh, I guess uh, Caminiti was hurt. He could be, he was like playing on one leg. I guess he had a knee injury. And, and I don't think Tony Gwynn was one hundred percent. So the timing was not not good for us. So but, by the
2: way, great documentary on Tony Gwynn on ESPN.
0: Really? Oh okay. yeah! Incredible. We'll, we'll have to check it out. Yeah. And then there's some very uh, inspiring stories. in your I got Fred. I mean, gosh, you, you read this book and uh, it's it's so it's so emo, it's an emotional roller coaster because some of these people have really tragic, sad lives. And and this gentleman, Cliff Stiegel, who uh, was an iron worker, you know, this guy would work hundreds of feet above in the air and mm-hmm. uh, keeps his home spotless. I guess his wife passed, takes care of his daughter with uh, was it MS she has or a Natasha. Cystic fibrosis. Oh yes, yeah, CF. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you know his granddaughter. His granddaughter. I'm sorry. Yeah, that story just uh, what a what a magnificent human being this guy is. He right? really is. Yeah, stories with faces, folks. Fred Dickey's book. You got to get it. We'll be back with Fred right after this.
1: All right, we're back with
0: Fred Dickey, veteran editor, journalist, writer, novelist, author. And uh, almost legendary. <laughs> almost legendary. So Richard had a question. What well, it, you
2: also interviewed Chip Stockdale, the driver who killed Rachel Morrison, correct? Yes. And Stockmeyer. So, I'm sorry, Stockmeyer. Right, Chip. Uh, Chip was his nickname. Mm-hmm. Um, was it difficult talking to him? Because I, I know in that situation, I mean, you know, Andy Williams, what Williams did was somewhat premeditated. What, what Chip did was just stupid.
0: Well, let's just give a little bit of the story uh, there, yeah, folks. But he he, but he he had uh, he was severely in- inebriated and he was intoxicated. He was driving
2: he, sixty while drunk on these two Coast ga- Highway.
0: And these two gals, I guess they both were, were they they both they had left at- Jake's. They did, were having they were uh, both right, runners and right, they left Jake's walking right, home. Right? Did they both work at Scripps Institution of Oceanography? Uh, uh, the deceased or? did. I think the well, other I mean, one. The
1: deceased did. did. The other was the wife of. Uh, Someone associated with the institute.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anyway.
2: uh, crossing the street. He never even hit the brake.
0: So what's your question, Richard?
2: Well, my question is, is talking to somebody who who did something like that, do do you feel they're being sincere in the things that they say when it's possible they don't even remember what happened? I know that's a tough question. So he was going sixty miles an hour, and he this, was drunk. Hits
0: this gal, and and uh, go, and the air, the uh, his his windshield gets shattered on and the driver's flees. side. And he flees. Uh, the airbag is deploys and he says he gets home and doesn't even know it happened when the cops. He says he doesn't remember he, anything. He lost his license. Plate. I,
2: mean, I mean, I mean, do you believe him?
1: No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I well, it's probably there. There are shades involved here. Okay. I, I he certainly knew something happened, otherwise he wouldn't have right. taken off and, and the next morning when he woke up with a hangover, looked at his car, uh Yeah, yeah. shattered windshield, right. airbag
2: deployed. Yeah. What a what a sad I think
1: the the truth was not totally told. And this but,
2: but but he was a semi successful professional in the con- broker, making a right? hundred no a uh, construction or, industry. Oh but, that's right. But you know yeah. a management position. I think he was making like a hundred and something one, thousand, one tw- thousand a year. One twenty.
1: I mean, those guys drink more than newspapermen. Yeah, you know?
0: I know. Well, you know what? Uh,
1: if for they, radio, if
0: they had, uh, we don't drink on this show. If they had ride sharing uh, back in the day, maybe he wouldn't have done that. But um, but you're right. The, the whole that whole macho industry. Uh, uh,
2: but it's different. amazing to me that he's eligible for parole like, after three years. It just boggles my mind.
1: Yeah, and and now he's on. He's uh, out. Not an outpatient, but uh, an out inmate working somewhere I right understand. yeah, you get to go out and work and yeah it's yeah. Uh, it's it's very interesting. Um, when I went to talk to him uh there there was a uh, I was given special privileges Access, i guess okay. by the Access, institution, mm-hmm. yeah. so I was in this room with uh, lieutenant. She sat over there just typing, mm-hmm. and I was talking with him and he didn't seem very remorseful. He seemed more concerned about himself. Right. That was my impression, and that was hers as well. Huh. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Well. It's a mystery. Because it, you asked, the you know,
2: should he have gotten more punishment? I mean, the whole thing was just a big mistake. But her family was just crushed. Well, of course. Uh, she like, was. She, I know she was training to run the Boston Marathon with her dad. Well, he did, I know that
0: he, he did get sentenced to 11 years. Now, how many? Uh, right, uh, but he. But, but he's up for parole. He's up for at some parole, point, Joe. Soon. Well, let's, soon, yeah. let's hope he. Um, yeah, it says he might be released in October 2019, but could be as early as early 2018. Yeah, um, it's this year. Well, let's let's hope uh, he gets par- denied parole. Then let's, you know, we'll just because gotta... because
2: I you know I read that and I knew the story because of knowing the deceased. Uh, you know, he he's just like a normal yeah. guy. Yeah. You know, Andy Williams was premeditated, although he was a minor yeah. who was abused. And of course, in the There's
1: very a normal person, Rachel you know. was knocked 120 feet. Right, 120 yeah. feet. Because he was driving 60.
0: Horrible, horrible. Mm. And then, of course, the very next chapter, you got this inspiring story about this mentally challenged gal who worked at Ralph's. Mm-hmm. At, uh, you bumped into her in the store and wind up, you and your wife
1: take her to lunch or dinner or something? Uh, or? T- it took her across the parking lot to uh, Soup Plantation. Yeah. Uh, saw her the other day, Bobby Schneider. Yeah. She's still...
0: The Ralph's where? Which which town? Is this uh, Encinitas. 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 Encinitas yeah, they're she, where you shop if you
1: yeah, say she's Soup still Plantation. still uh, sweeping floors and... Mm-hmm. And returning things to shelves. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terrific. Well, so, Fred,
2: Fred uh, we wanted to talk about the future of the newspaper
0: industry.
1: Glum. That's what I was going to say. Is, it, yeah. is
2: there any hope at all? Any light at the end of the
1: tunnel? It's the uh, the blacksmith business in 1910. Okay
0: well we do have we do have online now, um, but that's created a lot of clutter, and you really have to you know go through the lot of weeds to get to the wheat to chaff to get to the wheat
1: right uh, well here's the here's the big problem with online is that the newspaper locally at least has a hundred people, and this supplies nationwide mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and they they start these online websites yeah and they can't sell ads to it right. right? Right, And and they can't, because they started off giving it free, Correct. they now can't charge money.
0: Unless Who's going to pay the bills? Unless you're the Wall Street Journal or it's a, it's an industry. And the New
2: York, York Times,
1: the yeah. Washington Post, but, that's about it. But it's, hasn't
2: journalism changed in the sense that I, I do a lot of reading, a lot of it online. Everything now seems to have a point of view. Wasn't one of the points of journalism, wasn't it to simply state the facts or tell the story or the truth as opposed to, objectivity as opposed was, to putting a point of view on it? Objectivity was a religion, right? It, uh, yeah, I mean, whether you're left or right or I gay or straight, what does it matter? The yeah. point is, what is the story? But
1: but the arrogance of uh, of assuming that you know better than the reader, right? Uh, especially if you're a 24 year old. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think there there's some dangers of diminished coverage, whereas they used to have two or three hundred. And, you know, uh, reporters and staff, yeah. now they're down to less than 100. Mm-hmm. And, and what happens is you have no watchdogs on local government because that takes a lot of time, and time they do not have. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you have an overly uh, over-reliance on PR people mm-hmm. who, of course, are representing something that you may not, Right, they have, no, a point. Fine, they have a point of view. They have a job to do, right. which is to well, sell jur- something to Well, you. the journalism right. we
0: love, it. and of course you yeah. saw the movie The Post. Have you seen The Post yet, Fred? you got to see The Post about you know uh, uh, Woodward and Bernstein, Woodward and, Bernstein, and, Bernstein. And, and the Pentagon Papers and all of that. Uh, you really ought to see that. Those were the glory days back, you know journalism to me is digging out a story that uh, otherwise you know we would not otherwise have known about but for the digging of that reporter or those group of reporters and editors or right? finding the truth in a but story. but that's where you
1: get into trouble because let's say you start off doing an investigative piece mm-hmm. and it requires many interviews over many hours right and then you end up that you have nothing mm-hmm. sometimes you just have to walk right well that's it's okay. not there but You know, you're currently you're mindful of cost and time. So you think, I got to get a story out of this. And that's where you get into trouble.
0: Well, but uh, that's why, you know, if you have good editors or, you know, when you see the movie, The Post, you're you're it blows your mind how many people worked there. I mean, it was a huge operation back then. You know, I heard Roger Mudd speak here several years ago in San Diego and he he said back in the day, CBS had bureaus all over the world. He goes, now we're down to two, London and Baghdad, I think he said, foreign. Well,
1: you know, when, when there was a uh, the steep downturn in the newspaper business, before it was recognized as being terminal, uh, the uh, I was talking with the editor of the L.A. Times, who was a friend of mine, mm-hmm. and uh, I said, how many people do you have in the newsroom? And he said, 1,100 <laughs> In the LA Times, even today. In the LA, no, today there are a couple hundred, I think. Wow! And, wow. and I told him back then. Uh, I said, you know, two hundred of those are dead under their desk. Yeah. <laughs> and all you have, to, and that takes you down to nine hundred, and you get rid of three hundred more, you won't miss them.
0: Here's right. another another phenomenon. I met the widow of was it Jim Murray, the great sports columnist? They Jim had? Murray was the yeah. L.A. Times sports LA Ti- columnist, right? Yeah. So I met I met his widow at the Peninsula Hotel. Who went blind, a, by the way? Yes. Anyway, I met his widow at the um, at a in uh, uh, an event at the Peninsula Hotel after he had passed, and she said Jim was always a. Democrat until he made more than (laughs) $40,000. Stay tuned. We're going to have a bonus track with Fred Dickey. You'll hear more of this conversation if you just go over to iymoney.com. Fred, it's gone way too fast. Folks, get the book, Stories with Faces. Fred Dickey, you're going to love it. Richard, great seeing you this time around. Justin Harder, board operator. Thanks for making this down perfect. Thanks to Craig Blankey and Dave Sniff here at KFMB for all their help. All these podcasts are commercial-free on iymoney.com. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. All right, we've got a little bonus track now with Fred Dickey. We're having such a good time and so many great stories. uh, We wanted to hold them over a little bit. So, Fred, you had some, um, you wanted to make some comments about uh, politically correctness uh, today.
1: Political correctness should cause a rash on every journalist. (laughs) But it doesn't. Uh, And PC, as we call it, is nothing more than an undemocratic power play. Mm -hmm. If you control the language, you control the debate. Mm Mm-hmm. Strangely, this trend is most common on college campuses, but with the press, uh, if, if, you, if you check the newspaper, listen carefully to newscasts, what you will say, what you will see is that there are several issues you will never be allowed to negativ- negatively read about watch or listen to
0: or even mention one to me one to me is poverty we never hear the word poverty we never cover poverty it's starting to surface now because i think it's getting pretty bad out there for a lot in your book you see a lot of the problems of poverty
1: yeah exactly because it's not popular but these are the ones that you will never see illegal immigration non-heterosexuality in its various forms leftist feminism islam native americans Population growth or global warming. You will never see a negative story on any of these
0: things. On global warming?
1: Uh, even on global Well, what warming. would
0: be negative? I mean, it's. Uh, uh, it's, it's that
1: it doesn't exist. Well, well
2: I that's don't... not negative. That could be. Based on scientific studies.
0: I mean, apparently. It, it
2: probably does exist. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's two Look perc- at how ocean levels are increasing. Yeah, two
0: percent of the climate scientists say it does exist, but uh, whose payroll are they on, et cetera, et cetera? I don't know. But uh, in any case, I, I hear what you're saying. The one story in your book was about the, uh, the Persian kid up at Berkeley who was uh, uh, in the college Republicans. And of course, that, um, that uh, gay activist with, um, with Breitbart at the time came to campus and they stormed him off of campus which, um,
1: yeah, you Giannis, know, uh, you know some Mia, Mia Lopez yeah. or whatever. D- does free speech
2: even exist on campuses, though?
0: No. Well, that's the I one, don't think it does. That's the one place it should exist. You know, it I reme- should exist. I remember back in the 70s when I was at school, They uh, some general from Vietnam, they wanted to bring him onto campus, a Vietnamese general, uh, who apparently got out of the country with a lot of gold or whatever, knew in Cao Key, I remember the name, and I believe he set up shop in Orange County at some point. But uh, this was in, took place in Boston, and same thing. The uh, students had a big uprising. They did not want to hear this guy. Well, look, uh, if Hitler or Stalin were alive, should we hear go to UCSD and hear these guys speak?
1: I'd love to talk to either one of them. Yeah, you know, I yeah. think it'd
0: probably be a boring conversation. Should be in jail. I mean, well, I mean I, I love let's, hearing, say, let's say they let him out of jail long enough to, to speak. I, I, I love
2: hearing people speak whom I don't agree with because people who I agree with are boring. Yeah. Well, Because I already know the story. Fred, Fred exactly. makes the point. It doesn't mean it's going to change my mind about anything, but I do want to—
0: I mean, you something. Well, I mean, look, it's OK to have an opposing point of view, but let's not be. I mean, right, ch- you don't the, have you don't have a right to you. Know, the facts. I mean, we need uh, the facts are the facts. But see,
2: here's my challenge. This whole thing about fake news is it's an objection to an oppo- opposing point of view. It is. It isn't even. Fake I know. But news if the to president gets objection up to, to having somebody. But, think but about Richard, something if, the, the if the
0: president gets up and says the sky is green and we all know it's blue, I mean, at some point, someone has to question these things, too. So, uh, I mean, why why cl- clutter the, the airwaves with outright lies and falsity uh, rather than getting into different shades but of But the gray. airwaves
2: are cluttered with outright lies and falsity because un-
0: nobody has time to fact-check anymore. I, I, well, I'm, <laughs> the, truth, uh, the truth will out, uh, ultimately, I think, on a, in, in a lot of major things.
1: So, When's that so, going so, to happen? <laughs> no, it, no, it won't, because nobody has time to fact-check. I, I think the, the most— deleterious thing to the newspaper business is they're in a declining industry. Irreversibly right. declining. Mm-hmm. So they got to do the
0: Howard Stern thing and be outrageous. Well but
1: but the th- the thing is at some point when you're irreversibly going down the tubes, you realize there's nothing you can do that's going to change it. Despair and so sets what in. remains for you to do
0: is to survive. Despair mm-hmm. sets in. I get it. I get it. So <laughs> Anyway, anyway Fred bonus Dickie. track. Appreciate yeah. it, Fred. Yeah, Fred, Very thanks much. so much. Folks, get the book, Stories With Faces. You will love it. And uh, thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.